0: You're listening to How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, episode number three.
1: Welcome to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, because keeping your cool is very, very cool.
2: And now your
1: host, who is
2: always cool as a cucumber, Terry Holly.
0: Hey, everybody, it's Terry Holly from Holly Creative here, and welcome to another episode of How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast. If this is your very first time here, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a return listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. This podcast is produced every Thursday and show notes can be found on my website at hollycreative.com. Please come back often and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed. And we can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All the links are in the show notes. So let's get right into today's topic. I want to send you into a little shock right now. Not literally, of course, but figuratively. And I want to share some statistics with you. Now, according to my watch, this podcast started a little over a minute ago. All right. I want to just share with you how much data the world has created during that one minute. Facebook users have shared nearly 2.5 million pieces of content. Twitter users have tweeted nearly 300,000 times. Instagram users have posted 220,000 new photos. There have been 72 hours of new video content uploaded to YouTube. 50,000 apps have been downloaded from the Apple Store. 200 million email messages have been sent out. In Incredible. Think of it this way in terms of how much data is generated on a daily basis. Five exabytes of content were created between the beginning of the world and 2003. And in 2013 alone, five exabytes of content were created each and every day. It is incredible how much information is being created every single day and you're probably feeling it just like I am I mean it is barely 11 o'clock in the morning where I am right now and my email box is full full of messages and I've got hundreds and hundreds of updates on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Pinterest that I if I choose to you know I need to, to filter through I haven't got any text messages today those usually come from my teenager who's up in her bedroom, texting me, like, Can you bring me a glass of water? Or do I really need to take the dog out? If you have a teenager, you probably understand. But it is incredible how much information we are boggled down with every single day. So, for business owners who are now working like mad to push out content, and there's some great content out there to grab the attention of prospective clients this presents a huge challenge. It is becoming increasingly difficult to grab the attention of your prospective client. How do you now as a business owner reach the people who are most important to your business in this attention economy that is now in a bear market? And if you've been struggling around this one, you know what it feels like when you send out an e-newsletter or you put an update on Facebook, and you get this. It's, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> so I've got a terrific freebie for you. It's really irresistible. I've put together a PDF that includes 30 different ways you can grab the attention of your audience using social media. It's all tactics that I've used that have worked really well and includes different things that you can do on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and with your blog. You'll love it. And all you have to do is go to hollycreative.com forward slash attention for the instant download. Again, that's hollycreative.com forward slash attention. Well, my guest today does an exceptional job addressing this issue head on. His name is Brent Leary, and he's the co-founder and partner of CRM Essentials, a management consulting and advisory firm that specializes in profitability through customer relationship management. Brent has 14 years of IT and management experience, and he's worked on projects for Pricewaterhouse Coopers, Bell South, Compact and the World Bank. And back in 2008, I was fortunate enough to sit on a speaker panel with Brent. And what impressed me the most was his unique ability to bring so much depth and breadth to topics related to online marketing, particularly as they relate to customer relationships. So shortly after our speaking engagement, I asked Brent to be a guest on my retired podcast, the one that's that you that's off the air now. And his episode set a record for the most listens and downloads. So I'm really, really excited to rebroadcast this interview with Brent today. And here's the coolest thing. Although this interview is almost seven years old, the references related to grabbing the attention of your audience during a time where we're so saturated with information are even more relevant today. So here's my interview with Brent Leary.
1: The sheer amount of information that is getting put out there online is, is unbelievable. Uh, I was at a, a conference at the end of last year, and one of the speakers mentioned the fact that we are now creating eight times the amount of information every day than what's stored in the world's library. And that just struck me, you know, it just hit me hard because every day we're doing that. I mean, and then I'm sure as these tools that we are using to create content get easier for us to use and more people get comfortable with using them, that means those numbers are going to be, you know, spiking up. And that just struck me because there's so much information and there's so many ideas that we all have running through our heads and it's beginning to get easier and easier to get these ideas out. I call it the idea economy, which is, you know, that's in a bull market because we have, we're have we able to get our ideas out and, and, and moved into some sort of a, a place where people can get and, you know, look at them and, and hear us. But what's going on is that market is kind of overflowing this other economy, which we call the attention economy. And let's face it that market is stagnant. We can't. We don't have any more attention to give things. And so we're at this, this time where we have all these ideas coming from everywhere, and they're going into the, this attention economy, and we don't have enough time to take in all these ideas. And so it's really important as uh, people that are in business, it's important for our ideas to land and get in front of the right people, the people we're trying to do business with and build relationships with. So, we kind of have to understand uh, this whole idea of the attention economy because it 's not growing, which means that we 're going to have to try to grab some of the attention that maybe somebody else has today we 're going to have to grab it from them and how do we do that? We have to create really interesting content, but before we can create the interesting content, we have to have maybe we have to have better ideas or better ways to deliver our ideas so that they begin to hit the market. When we talk
2: about small businesses penetrating the the attention economy, what do you really see are the possibilities for a small business doing that in this era of social media?
1: Well, they're actually kind of endless, um, but what we typically do, and we're still really early on with this whole social media stuff, but what we typically do is we focus on what everybody else is focused on, So uh, blogging is, I don't know, what is it, 200 million blogs or maybe even more now? Um, So there's a lot of people blogging now. There's a lot of people taking out a flip cam and shooting video or having a digital camera or using their phone and taking pictures and loading it up on on the web. So there's a lot of us doing that. Uh, There's a lot of people on Facebook and, you know, tweeting. So uh, we tend to sort of stick with what we know, but the whole idea of really trying to grab people's attention is kind of thinking out of the box, trying to figure out, well, what can we do that's going to make our, our voice stand out from everybody else's? So maybe you still have to do some of the things
2: I'm like
1: because well, I've been doing them, and like I continue to do them. They just have to find a different way to do it or maybe add another kind of content. One of the companies that I use as a great story for how to really think outside the box when it comes to content is a company called HubSpot, which uh, makes a really good um, internet marketing platform. You can can run your website on and you can really host your whole web presence on for the most part. But the cool thing about these guys, and, and they started out in 2006... Uh, around June of 2006, so it's not even four years. They started out, there was two guys, and they had just uh, graduated from uh, the MBA program at MIT, and they started this company. Well, they have over 100 people now working at, at HubSpot, and part of the way they've grown is they, they have this really uh, tight focus on customers and on creating content that will attract the kind of people they want to do business with. So, yeah, they they do blogs, and they have a really great blog on Internet marketing. They also have uh, an Internet TV show every Friday. So these are some of the things that, you know, okay, we get the blogs, we even get the TV show. But I think one of the things that really made them stand out from the pack and and maybe get their voice across into the attention economy more effectively is other kinds of content they did, they out of the gate, they did uh, these really good white papers full of research and statistics, and they just did one at the end of last year on the state of Facebook for business, and I thought it was really excellent. You can see they did a lot of research. They got a lot of stats, a lot of meat, and they added some analysis to it, which I thought was really good. It goes beyond something you would see in a traditional blog post. It's meat, and it's meat that people can use and grab onto and then do something with the other thing that they really did, they hit a home run and they and they continue to hit home runs, are these little things they call their grader tools, G-R-A-D-E-R. So uh, the first one was something called Website Grader. And what they did with that is, uh, you know, everybody's trying to make their website more friendly towards the search engine so they can get found and get traffic. So what they did was they uh, had a tool they put out there where you could go to the web page, put in a domain name, hit a button, and it came back with this really great report, and it graded that uh, that website on a scale of 0 to 100, 100 being the best. And it told you, it had a different classification to spit out this really nice report, and it looks over maybe like 10 or 15 different things it looks at and it gives you a, a rating for each one of those or, or a stat. Then it gives you ways that you can improve your rating so that you can improve the optimization of the website. Well, that has been used. There's been over a million domain names that have been run through that thing. And what does that do? It, it, one, it, it creates content, but it also creates content with a utility for the people who come and, and check it out. It, it gives them some great feedback on their website. It also gives HubSpot some really good information on how uh, this particular uh, company may be able to use their services, win-win situation. But it also spread like wildfire, and people were talking about, hey, this is a great utility, it's free, it's great. It gives us really critical information on how we can do better. So that greater tool... They've done over and over again. They've done a Facebook grader. They've done a Twitter grader. They've done a press release grader, and recently they did something that really hit home with me. Is a a, they call it the book grader. So if you're in the self-publishing and a lot of you know a lot of people are self-publishing now, this this tool gives you the ability to to track your a, a list of books really and track your sales rank and if you get. If your uh, book hits a new sales rank record on Amazon, you can get a notification. It gives you a sales history of your, of your sales rank, so you can see how it's progressing month to month. It can give you a notification when um, somebody reviews your book on Amazon. So it gives you all this good information that uh, you would have to try to piece together. Now you have it all in one place, and you get notifications. Once again, it's a great utility and because there's more and more people self-publishing for marketing purposes, it's another way for uh for HubSpot to use content that will attract attention in a, in a non-traditional way.
2: Yeah. A lot of insight and a whole lot of ingenuity on their part. And one thing that I am always impressed with out of that camp is they just they know who they're marketing to. They they really have their finger in the pulse of their market, and they they know what their customers are looking for.
1: Yeah, they do. And I I came across well, actually Brian Halligan, one of the co-founders, came across my blog back in 2006 and just reached out because we were you know, writing about the same kinds of things. And and uh, they've been completely focused on on that space, on that target audience since the very beginning. And, uh, you know, they are a definite, if you're looking for ideas or if you're looking for examples of how to <laughs> build a presence online, you don't have to use their tools, although their tools are great, they're, they're paid tools, but you should really be checking out their, the way they do things because they they do everything well when it comes to that space. So, And they're a small business, or at least they were. Now they're starting to get a little <laughs> up there, but... They did it all on the on the strength of uh, you know best practices for you know online presence building.
2: Yeah, great example. And you know, back to your article, you did talk a little bit about reaching out to your market to find out what what the needs are, and yeah. you know, to bring something to market as opposed to sitting around a boardroom trying to dream up a brand or something you think people would be interested in. So talk to me a little bit more about the importance of, of really listening to the market before putting something out there.
1: Yeah, it's probably never been more critical to do just that than it is now because there's so much out there to listen to. When we as companies, we typically don't listen. I <laughs> mean, We typically ask, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Asking is a good thing. Um, when we're trying to learn more about people, we typically try to ask questions. But the thing about when we ask questions is we're asking questions to what we want answers to. And so when we're trying to learn about a customer or a prospect, we're trying to learn what we need to know in order to make a decision, or at least what we think we need to know to make a decision. So what we're maybe missing when we're asking the questions to the you know that we want answers to we may be missing what is really critically important to the person we're talking to just because we're asking them questions doesn't mean that the that those questions are really all that important to them they may be thinking about something completely different uh that's got their mind tied up and you know they may even just be telling us the answers that we they think we want to hear just so they can in this conversation and get back to what's important to them so it's really important as business people to figure out a listening strategy instead of just uh, always looking at how do you use social media to push your stuff out. You need to really start looking at how do you use social media to listen more effectively because the people that uh, we're trying to do business with, if they're online, chances are they're giving us a lot of uh, information. We just may not be uh, you know, picking it up. So if you're talking to a prospect and they're on Twitter or they've got a blog or they're on Facebook, they're leaving a lot of what I call social footprints just by the way they're using social media can tell you a lot about what's on their mind, what's important to them, who's important to them. And if we can set up a listening strategy – an effective one, we can get all that kind of information. And what can we do with that? We can use that to create and formulate ideas that sync up to what's important to them. And when we do that, we can create content that allows us to sort of target that content right at them and and give us a better chance of hitting the market, of, of them saying, you know what, this is exactly what I'm interested in right now. Let me read more. Let me reach out. And so listening becomes really important in the idea generation process and also in the, uh, the, the, I call it navigating the chasm, going from an idea into the attention economy. It gives us ideas on what to send, what to say, how to say it, where to say it.
0: Better ideas, more interesting ways to deliver them, and keeping your finger on the pulse of the target market just some great takeaways today and a few wonderful ways a business can penetrate the stagnant attention economy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. And I want to thank Brent Leary for this wonderful interview that I'm sure two or three years from now will still be relevant. And uh, hopefully if somebody finds it in 2018 or 19, I'm hoping this will something that will help you grow your business. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope to see you on my next episode of how to rock online marketing without losing your cool podcast. In the meantime, please visit my website at hollycreative.com. I've got a great blog with lots of great information and a lot more free resources to help you grow your business. Take care.